This is Coda Radio, episode 298, for March 2nd, 2018. everyone, and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and its related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us, perched in his development tower, fresh back from visiting Uncle Tim, it's our host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike. It's not the Uncle Tim you would think, though. Oh, <laughs> perhaps we will find out. How are you doing today? Is your internet down on the East Coast? I think it's like a bad yeah, day for the East there Coast. Is, there is some sort of internet emergency. I have been dealing with outages all day. It's bad. And I can't figure out why. I've heard yeah. multiple stories about a Russian botnet run. Yep. It's called Kushner.io. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And... Uh, some other story about like level three. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, yeah. yeah. How, how are you? How is it on the West Coast? Are you better? Guys okay. Or? Better, better. Although uh, I couldn't turn my heater on this morning. Well, yeah. So that was a little rough because uh, my lady tube isn't working. She isn't working. Yeah. Well, we're, we're having severe outages on the East Coast starting at about like 630 this morning. It's been. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that. Well, you know, that just means it's a Internet snow day. Internet snow day. Time to go home. How about a. How about a Snowden day? <laughs> oh, we've had plenty of those. Uh, so uh, how are you doing? We're doing this on a special Friday. We don't ever do this. Did you grab yourself a drink? We should. Well, you know what? When we do the show on Fridays, we should do it with a drink. That's what, that's what should be the rule. I, I have been so busy today that yep. I, I regret to inform you that I'm sober. This right here? Ice water. This well, It's in a solo cup, so I kind of yeah. feel like I'm partying, but that's just because I'm trying to get the most out of the solo cup, so I've been reusing it for like three days. <laughs> mm, R.A.H.'s solo cup is just a sign of sadness. Yeah, it's, it's me giving up on dishes is what it yeah. is. <laughs> We're too old for solo cups. I don't, we need, like, I, yeah. I have crystal I need a, cocktail glasses. Yeah, there you go. Better. With a sippy yeah. lid, right? you got to get a sippy lid. So you have an adult well, sippy. Put it to you this way. After the third, uh, the third drink, I may as well take one of my kids' sippy cups. <laughs> so why are we doing this show on a, on a Friday? Uh, well, we never do this I, show on a Friday. I was in the great state of New York for the O'Reilly Software Architecture Conference. Yeah, that's uh, right. And the Uncle Tim in question is Tim O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I mean, it's a little enterprisey, I think, maybe for this audience, but it was good. Um, did you get a sense of anything in particular, like uh, any industry stuff, or uh, was it worth your time, that kind of stuff? Did you get a sense of that? I mean, containers are oh, is hot. It? Yeah, man. Was it a lot of container yeah. stuff? Yes. A uh, yes. lot of Kubernetes in particular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, everybody was talking about. So you have to remember, this is an enterprise conference, so they're kind. I, I won't say behind, but like they're pretty slow to adopt things. Yeah. So the stuff and that was new, like a year ago, to like yeah yeah yeah, even like two years ago, yeah. they're they're seriously adopting now. Right. Um, but at the same I time, that tells you which technologies kind of won, doesn't it? Because those are the ones that are going to be codified. Yeah, Kubernetes has definitely uh, won. I mean. It, you know, I was I. So this is unusual for me because usually when I go to one of these events, I have a booth, or I try yep. to at least. That's funny. I'm going to I, I'm going to scale next week. This will be like one of the first times I don't do a booth. I don't do any of that stuff. 
I was just going as a guy, right? Like I got yep. a ticket. Uh, yeah. How, that's nice, right? Is that nice? Yeah. It was a different experience. Like I wasn't selling. I wasn't doing anything. Yep. I was just going as a guy. And in fact, you know, most people don't know me from Adam. Like I wasn't wearing a Coda Radio T-shirt. Right. And like you that. got a little. You get you get away a little, little more under the radar too because they have to be within earshot to even kind of pick you up. And no, you know, that's after they'd have to know what your voice sounds like when it's not over Skype. Right. Like only one guy said, "Wait a minute, don't I know your voice?" I yeah. Said, Isn't that funny? That's funny. When but that happens. It, it was interesting because like. You know, I just represented myself as like a, I own a small software company, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of folks were there selling Kubernetes, like a lot. It was, I was a little surprised about the dominance of Kubernetes. I, I didn't really have a, I didn't have an appreciation until maybe just, gosh, it was it two weeks ago, Wes and I sat down and did an episode on Kubernetes because he works with it every day. And so uh, we did a tech snap on it and it, uh, it really clicked for me then. And it's funny, it's kind of not the same thing, but Kubernetes has a role here too, is we just yesterday released an episode on serverless architecture. Um, and uh, man, you know, we, we, did a little, we did a little look into like the open source solutions where you can roll your own and like throw them up on a DO droplet or something. Uh, or, you know, Lambda, obviously. It is, I think that's another one that's going to, it's not going to probably hit enterprise though as hard. But uh, damn, my eyes are opened up to that too. You know, some of these things they they come they come around so fast that they seem like hype, and so you're you're almost instinctually like deflecting because like I have there's too much I'm already tracking. I, I don't need to track hype. I don't need to track the stuff that's just going to bubble up for a couple of years and then pop. We talk about that all the time. Uh, but the difference is some of this stuff is legitimate. Like in the case of Kubernetes, well, that started as a Google Skunk Works project. That's where that came from. The logo in Kubernetes is uh, an homage to Seven of Nine. It's a it's a board reference uh, from the Google engineers, and um, you know that's uh, that's why some of these things. It, it, what you realize is their pedigree, their origin story, uh, often will play a big role into how long they can stick around because enterprises buy into that origin story, and they make they makes it seem more legitimate than some fly by night thing. And so, some, so when you do dig in, you realize, oh, this is one that does have some staying power. Yeah. Well, so worth going, worth the travel, worth the hassle, worth possibly getting sick. Would go again? Oh, I would definitely go again. I would say it was worth going. Um, I would say if you are used to dealing with enterprise people and how they think, it's a, you know, one, one, before I even say that, one thing I would like to backtrack on is going and not having a booth and just going as like a guy is extremely different than having a booth. Um, and in a way, I was, it kind of felt bad, to be honest with you, about some of my former booth sales practices. Oh, really? Because really, like, a lot of these vendors are selling the exact same thing. Yes, like, they, they are. May, they, may, they may gussy it up in different ways. Yeah, or they may have their vertical that they're attempting to address, but it really, because a lot of it's based on the same core tech. Right, like you know, if you're a a like containerization focused web app development shop for kitchen like restaurants, <laughs> yeah, and a containerization app web development shop for hotels, you guys are actually in the same business. I understand that you don't want to say that you are, because then like you have to bid against each other, and that's hard. But this whole there's this. All right, can I take a tangent here? Yeah, I love this. This is you're preaching right. it. You are so echoing my side. experience. All right, this is the business side of the art business. Yeah, yeah. 
There is no such fucking thing as a niche. That's I'm right. Sorry, yeah, you're, you're full of shit. Oh, if you're if you're an app, and this is a not safe for work episode today. If you <laughs> says after the fact, spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> If you're an app developer, you're a fucking app developer. There is no difference. And I know, like, guys like – I'm not even going to say names, but all these, like, marketing gurus. And I've, pay, I've been snookered by their – I've paid for their crap. Like, I don't feel bad. I've done it too. But, like, they're full of shit. They are lying to you. Oh, well, I'm a web developer for doctors. No, buddy. Mm. You can say that, and maybe you'll snooker, like, one or two struggling doctor into buying your WordPress service. But – an app developer is an app developer is an app developer. Yeah. And I'm going to say this because I hate them too. Fucking ThoughtBot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. ThoughtBot is your competitor. Like, and I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for ThoughtBot. Yeah. But sure. I hate them because no one who would hire ThoughtBot hires me. Right? Like, we're just on a different tier. So if you think you can somehow, like, quote unquote eliminate your competition nope you can't if you're developing apps or you're developing web apps you are competing with everybody else who's doing that so please stop trying don't like what okay i'm I'm not going to name the name because it's rude but i walked up to a booth chris and they're like we're web app and application developers for uh financial enterprises and I said, okay, so what does that mean? Well, you know, we have an expertise. What's your expertise? Well, using – they were just developing freaking React apps. But they were trying to say that they had some special expertise in financial services. Mm-hmm. Well, they and have some great have, staff on board that have a lot of experience in the industry. Yeah, no. I mean, they may. All, even, they may. I mean, even if, even, even if they do. Yeah, that's not what matters, right? What yeah. matters is are you the lowest bid. That seems reasonable. And I'm I, the only reason I'm saying this, and this is not the topic for today, because Chris took his time. He wrote a great show notes, <laughs> and I, I as usual, have gone rogue. I'm like Snowden. I, I, I love it though. Some. I feel like the with the it doesn't matter if it's it's well, it doesn't matter. Why it's great. I, here's go why. for it. I feel like there are a lot of people who own small shops like I do that listen to this show. And you know what? I get it, right? You're a three, four, five, even 10-man company. Yeah. And you're struggling for revenue. You're struggling for sales. The IRS is so far up your ass that you're singing the national anthem when you wake up. There is no magic bullet to getting more sales. You can't, quote, unquote, eliminate your competition. The only move that I've ever found that works is, like, waving the flag and saying we are U.S.-based. Everything – and that only matters if your client doesn't want to hire, you know, Indians or Chinese people, right? And no offense to our foreign listeners, but that is the only tactic that works. And, and I say works in asterisks because if they're okay with offshoring their work, then you automatically lose, Right? Yes, right. Because you're so much more expensive. You yeah. just lose. Yeah. So this idea that, well, I'm a specialized app developer for pizzerias. Have you ever known a guy who owns a pizzeria? My, I, I know people who own pizzerias. They're not bringing home more than forty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. Some of they the hardest like, working people I know are in, the, in those industries. You're bastard selling you a pizza for, for $12, and like they're not making that much money. So this whole bullshit story about niching down and – getting inside your client's head and i can i can i be even worse Chris, go for it your air go for it i hate salespeople. 
Like, yeah, it's I, rough, I, man. Except for what about know, when you're? But sometimes you're a salesperson. But I do know what you mean. I follow you. I am at my worst a sales engineer because. I don't pretend like we're the only developer who can do this for you. It's like, no, you're hiring us because, like, we're in the United States and, you know, theoretically you could sue us if we do a bad job, right? Which is a thing. Like, if you hire a company in, like, you know, Bangalore, for example, and you're in Manhattan, it's really hard to take legal action against them. Like, that is a thing that, quote-unquote, business dudes consider. But uh, it was sickening, like – and I don't blame these companies for buying boots, and I don't even blame them for what they're doing. But, like, you had app developer A, app developer B, and app developer C, and I'm using app to mean mobile or web app. They all claimed to, quote-unquote, be in a different niche. But let's be honest, guys. We're all opening Xcode and compiling a build the exact same way. You're in competition. Don't claim that you're not. Don't pretend that you are. I'm the app developer of choice for GoGo bars, and I'm the app developer of choice for pizzeria, right. and I'm the app developer of choice for school districts know, and hospitals, whatever. and yeah, <clears throat> nonsense. Now, I get it. Now, uh, I, I grant some room for like uh, HIPAA compliance specialization and crap like that, but I really follow what you're saying. Is at the end of the day, you're storing your like. Let's say you're doing a like a a, a, a medical records application for a hospital. It, you're writing an application that's probably a web app that writes to a database that lives on a server somewhere. It's the same thing that a point-of-sale system has. It's the same thing that an accounting office has. It's really the same product. That's good. But that's – I yeah. mean that's an interesting takeaway. Do I was wondering why you were there. Do you feel like you connect with your clients in a way? Like um, maybe uh, – Maybe get an insight into expectations or the way they're speaking, the language they use. Like, do you feel like being around those all those business and enterprise people helps you interact with clients in the future? So there was one theme other than my general aversion to salespeople that I picked up, and it was that containerize. So I've been thinking of containerization as a convenience for uh, for like the technical folks. Um, I, I had a few. Chris, this might be a shocker to you now. I went to one or two sessions and then hung out at the bar. Good man. Good. Because this is how I do things. People who have been listening to the show for a long time, so I barely go to sessions. I, I hate sessions, actually. Yeah, they can be pretty boring. And, and can I, I – this is not – okay. I'm going to tell a dirty secret. Mike's confession hour, everybody. But this is not, to my knowledge, what O'Reilly does. And I'm going to credit O'Reilly here, uh, the O'Reilly company. They did their sessions, I think, based on merit. I believe that to be true. Some conferences, if you were a dev shop, you can pay to have one of your developers give a session. And the idea is that it makes your shop look like a leading edge. Dirty play. Some dev shops even host events and pay for them. So they could have sessions. I won't name names. There's uh, but, there's something similar that happens in the media space where uh, different media groups – yeah, they'll do the same thing, or they'll uh, they'll they'll book up like, like a lot of rooms ahead of time to make it look like they're like like they need a lot of room, even if they don't use those rooms. Oftentimes, we go to events, we'll see media organizations do that, or even just like small small shops, independent shops, will do that as like a move to kind of like um, you know put their wang out on the table and be like, yeah, our organization needs this much space. Yeah, we have a competitor down here that likes to do that, and 
the problem is then they're desperate to fill those those yeah. hotel rooms. Yeah, it's embarrassing, I, but they I still do it. End up buying the for them for like fifty bucks. Yeah, exactly. There's many times I've been like, well, so so the the the, the organizer would be like, yeah, they're, they're not using that room. You can go in there. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they're like, oh, Mike, you want a room? Yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, but yeah. that's not my point. But that's, yeah, that's I know. Just I, a thing. That's an interesting. It is. Uh, you're you're really hitting everything that I completely I, have also witnessed. Yeah, but you and I could have hours of discussion on the dirty business tactics that tech vendors use to like. <laughs> look the that could be a show, actually. That, that should. In fact, maybe we should do that for three hundred. It could just be like, what, what was that guy, the magician? What the hell was his name? Uh, yeah, the one that revealed something. secrets that got like they had to wear the mask. The guy on TV. Yeah, right. That they wanted to kill. Like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Anyway. Hey, speaking of 300, just really quick, we don't have details yet, but while I'm thinking of it, uh, should we tell people what we're going to do for 300? Like, what just like, it's not like what we're going to do, but like one of the things we're going to do? You mean the goodie? Yeah. Can you want to say it? Or you want to save it for next episode? I'll say it now. Can I hint at it? Yeah, hint at it. Yeah, there you go. We are enabling your alcoholism while protecting your furniture. All right. Or you know what? It may also work as a HomePod stand. <laughs> oh, sad. I don't think it's big enough, actually. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um, all right. Two of them next to each other might do it. But So, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, well, anything else on the uh, on visiting Uncle Tim up there in New yeah, York? There, 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 there is one big thing. So yeah. Oh, okay. The, the business folks I talk to at the bar, because, you know, they see containerization a little differently than I think we have represented on the show. And even like TechSnap and other JB shows, and, and frankly, other shows from other larger networks have really put it. They don't see it as a dev convenience or like a, uh, a rapid response to an issue, like an outage thing. You know what I mean? Like script it and Rebuild, save yourself. yeah. Right, they acknowledge all those benefits, yeah. but they see it as a lock-in prevention tool, which I found really interesting. Like there is a subtle but definitely real desire to avoid any form, and you can take this to mean anything you want it to mean, but any form of vendor lock-in among these guys who, you know, because you could tell, like anybody in a suit was there to buy something or sell something. Guys like me in, you know, polo shirts and because I'm used to Florida in a fucking heavy leather jacket was there <laughs> as a developer. But you could tell the difference. And, and you know, questions I, I heard when I was talking to people were like, is this t- like Cosmos Deep? I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to use Microsoft as an example, but this goes for Amazon and all the other cloud vendors too. Like, am I necessarily tied to Cosmos DB if I uh, DB if I buy from you vendor, you know, Mickey Mouse, right? I'm just making up names here. Or am I tied to what is it, Amazon Dynamo DB? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. No, I think it sounds but, right. Yeah, I think it's Dynamo. But like, and, and maybe I'm old, but I remember when like these guys were stupid. No offense, and they would like fall into lock-in traps all the time. <laughs> But these boys are not like, like, to the point of paranoia. Everybody wanted containerization in the form of Docker, because it's no lock-in. They wanted to manage it in the form of Kubernetes, because it's open source no lock-in. There was no real proprietary solution that seemed to have a whole lot of merit that I talked to, and I, I, I. I I mean, I'm a little bit of a hippie. I think it was really interesting that even the vendors who annoyed me trying 
trying to tell me how awesome they were and that like we should interview them on the show and oh my god we're different than you because we sell apps to you know hookers or whatever again not safe for work um they're all using open source technology like no one was at the o'reilly conference and saying hey guys this is our proprietary platform and or i take it back i'm sure they were there but those were not the busy boots right the dominance, uh, I guess my point is the dominance of open source, the dominance of Docker, and it really Docker open source edition or Moby, whatever you want to call it, not whatever that nonsense is that they want to sell you. Um, of Coop, Chris, I'm sorry if I'm killing sponsorship opportunities left and right here. I am like the Deadpool of sponsors. <laughs> no, yeah, you're like, right. I could. You know, no, but 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 there is a valuable point here, I think, for the audience, in that you know, if the if the war that you and I remember from the late nineties was open source versus proprietary. It's time for the open source people to just declare victory. The war is well over. I, well, I think Microsoft is a clear indicator of that. Right. And Microsoft was there and you know what? It's all open, right? Everything is open. You can put your Docker container on Azure. And then if you get pissed off or Azure has an outage, you can throw it to uh, DigitalOcean or whatever. Yep. I think that's exactly what people want now. And look at uh, look at our situation we have today. Um, as we record this episode, the Echo services are down. Um, it's not like I couldn't turn my heater on this morning. You know, it's it's like first world problems. But it shows you that no one's quote unquote cloud is perfect. And so no matter who the vendor is, uh, you really don't want to be locked into anybody. And it's I guess maybe that's what the masses took from the proprietary versus open source war, like the CTO level masses. Perhaps that's what they took was avoid lock in. And I'll also say this 100 percent admission here. I pushed no lock-in hard as a sales technique when I was when I was like moving people over to Linux solutions. Um, that was an obvious benefit because I felt yes. like that was a, a real benefit. Uh, no more, you know, no more annual license fees. All right, but, but let me ask you because I remember back in the day for me, I felt like uh, what is it, Wallace from Scotland with my face painted blue and white, saying freedom, <laughs> and people looked at me like I was a psychopath. Yeah, well, they don't care. They don't care if the code's free. They don't care about humanity, but they care about their own arse. And that right now they care about platform lock-in at least. That makes sense. I mean, think about that from a financial well-being standpoint. Lock-in uh, affects the bottom line when the infrastructure that you depend on is no longer reliable or no longer serviceable or becomes prohibitively expensive. That affects the bottom line. Um, if Richard Stallman's happy or not does not affect my bottom line. And uh, if I'm a if I'm a large enterprise company, uh, it would be considered irresponsible to think any anywhere anyway else. It's only us small businesses that can even give. I believe this is my obvious bias opinion, but I think it's really only us small businesses that can kind of, and maybe it's, maybe I should put that as private businesses. And maybe it's only private businesses here in the states that have the luxury to even consider moral things like if source code's licensed. And unless you build a whole business around that like Red Hat does, it's irresponsible to be talking that way. You know what? You, you, and I know you're trying to trigger me. Who, me? Is that I'm something go, I do? Well, shall we talk about Swift for five minutes? <laughs> this is what happens I mean, when I do an episode for 300 weeks with somebody. They, yeah. learn, my, they learn my techniques. <laughs> your, your, your dirty tactics. Yeah, and I was listening along before, so I know how you are. But all right. So all right. I need five minutes. And uh, this is – Rikai, I apologize. 
So let's talk about quarterly capitalism for a moment and why private companies are better than public companies. Oh, it's one of these episodes. It's one of these. Pour another one, everybody. It's one of the I like Mike Mike or Ike episodes. So a thing that Chris and I can do because we are private businesses and say, you know what? This awful thing, let's call it murdering children. Just for, you know. Let's pretend Chris and I are Anakin Skywalker for a moment. Chris, oh boy. you're hating Christensen. Congratulations. All right. You know what? I I do have great Except hair. You, you do have fabulous hair. And the beard isn't too bad when you have it. Sometimes you don't, though. You're tricky like that. Also, I'm going to get a wicked suit later on, so... We could, like, kill children to make money. God. But because we don't have what I would call the Imperial Senate, otherwise known as shareholders, because we're private companies and, you know, effectively dictatorships, we can do whatever the hell we want, right? Like we have to answer to our wives or fiancés or whatever the case may be. But other than that, we can really do whatever we want, right? So we might do things like, geez, we've, this open source project allows our business to operate and we wouldn't have the business. Let's send them – some money or let's dedicate an engineer for a week to fix something for them. But if you are, oh, I don't know, some evil empire in Cupertino, you might not do that. And you might ship products that overheat and that Mike has to take to the fucking genius bar. Oh, geez. We, <laughs> there we go we, again. There we go again. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so can I, I – okay. Tangent in a tangent. Yeah. My Mac that we are using for the show is once again kernel panicking. Oh, man. You have – Carl, Carl, uh, Rochelle, it, this is an opportunity for you to call me and tell me something. I don't know why. Okay, I don't know how I became the Satan in the Apple Bible. <laughs> you know, what you need I to do is you, I think you need to stop doing laptops. I think you need to give up on laptops. That's what, honestly, that is what two Genius Bar managers in New Jersey and Florida have told me. They said you cannot use laptops. Right. That's exact. That is that is the truth. That can't really be the. That can't be Apple's answer, though. That's not what they're supposed to say. Well, when you buy Apple Care and they have to replace it for free, it's. I, I think it goes against. I don't know how it works, but I. Wow. I, I get the f- that's like that's that like that gonna. Well, you know, they don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe you should consider. Uh, you know. You know what's still. I mean, this is you're never going to do this, but you know what's still a decent machine is you can go get a dual Mac Pro cheese grater off of eBay. Uh, never. With, I know, and never. you'd never do it. But I tell you what: if you want something that will that will handle some thermal load uh, for an ongoing period of time, I ran one of those mother effers twenty four seven encoding and streaming video for like two years and took it out of production because I wanted to switch to Linux and set it off to the side, and it was still fine. I'm like, well, that's so I turned it back on to do some more encoding jobs, and now I've got that bastard burning out video constantly, converting stuff, archiving stuff, and it's still going like a machine. And it's that's after two years of nonstop video rendering. I now have it back on the job of like once a week just blowing it out, encoding video again. And it's just – it's a machine. It's got two Xeons in it. It's got a ton of RAM. I've got a RAID 0 of uh, storage and an SSD in that thing, and it, it's a crazy thing, Mike. I can take the side off and I can just put new drives in it. It's the it's the weirdest thing. Wait, what sort of mad yeah. heaven verse I, are you? I in? even took a spare uh, ATI card I had around and I pulled out like the no. set. Yeah, I pulled out like the s- three or four year old video card in that thing, and I put a new video, not a new, but a, a new used video card in there, and just boom. Yeah. So I hate you. 
It's great. So like now if I got a Mac I need for something, I got to rid of all the Macs and I kept that one because it didn't sell on eBay. I tried to sell it, but it didn't sell. Um, yeah, my, and my, I, now my, I got one Mac, and it's just I I don't know if I that that has got to be one of the best machines Apple. I'm I think it's the best machine, one of the best machines they've ever built. It's just unbelievable. It's a beast. Wait, so, are you saying a tower with vent? So like, yeah, I, I know, right? It is a ventilation problem at Me this too. point. Me too. Because it it this machine, and this is a 2016 MacBook Pro, but it's like the highest one you can buy. Yeah, well, when it, you make I, it that thin, and you try to put that much right. stuff in it. Well, it, but here's the kicker. When I have it at my office or at my home, if I'm at one of my desks and I have it like on a, sta- a metal laptop stand with plenty of ventilation, hooked to a monitor, it's okay. Huh. When I travel with it and run it actually on my lap, yeah, I think it's the lack of ventilation that makes it freak out. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's, I it's think like the- a simple thermal problem. I think the MacBook Pro is designed to be sitting on a flat table surface um, because also right. the sound system, the, the, yeah. the speaker's sound system also don't work right unless you have it on a flat surface. Um, so the speakers are designed to be operating when it's on a table like that. And uh, that that has bit me when I'm editing because I've list- I've edited on my lap, banged something out real quick, and then set the MacBook down on a table and played it again and I had to re-EQ it. So I was in a dilemma. Can I just take another tangent? This is going to be a bad show, but I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Hold your thought. Let me do a plug, and then we'll just keep going. DigitalOcean.com. Because guess what? Here's why I should. Here's why I should stop you right there. They're giving us a hundred dollar credit. You know, we've talked about DigitalOcean for a long time. It's simplicity at scale. You go over to DigitalOcean, you create an account, and you use our promo code coder digital, and you'll get a hundred dollar credit right now. In fact, to make sure you get it, go to do.co/coder. A hundred dollar credit. It's for new accounts only, but. Typically, they give us a $10 credit, and that's more than enough to play around with DigitalOcean, run a machine for a couple of months. It's it's a really good value. So $100 credit is going to give you an opportunity to really try something that you've been thinking about. Go build something. Go create something. Go experiment. Go learn something at DigitalOcean. It's great infrastructure. Everything's based on SSDs, Linux for the hypervisor, and it's KVM. And then they have eight data centers around the world, 40 gigabit connections coming into the hypervisors. Okay, that's into each one. I mean, that's that's nuts. They have private networking that you can use for like a front end and a back end setup, and there's no um, counting against your transfer rate when you use private networking. You can add storage as you need it, block storage, or they also have object storage, and they've introduced some new plans. And I think this is why the hundred dollar credit's coming up because first of all, the the, the standard plans. Like uh, the one I love, the three cents an hour has just gotten better. They've added more RAM, more storage. All the plans were just upgraded. So you, and if you are an existing DigitalOcean customer, you can go uh, update your system. If you go log in, they'll tell you how. And they've launched new flexible droplets, which you can mix and match resources that are most appropriate for your application. It's brilliant. That's great. And then if you really want to play around with that $100 credit, they have CPU-optimized droplets. Now, these things are leader of the pack fast. This is really good stuff. Um, and if you're trying to get into something that needs a lot of CPU, they also have really high memory systems. Why not take advantage of that $100 credit? DigitalOcean.com or go to do.co slash coder. That way you get it. You should be able to create the account, apply Coder Digital and get it still. But just to make sure, do.co slash coder. This is a limited time, so we're recording this in February of 2018. And uh, this will not be a forever thing. This is probably a only a few more days thing. Maybe a week at most. I'm not sure. 
ch- try it because uh, I think they're kind of just checking to see what the adoption is. And so it's a limited time thing. And the $100 credit only, I think, once you apply it, lasts for 60 days. So, so those are the catches. But this is such an amazing opportunity that I just really encourage you to go over this. You know, you've heard us talk about them. You know Mike and I use DigitalOcean for everything we do. Tesla uses them for their website. I mean, lot, Slack, lots of companies use DigitalOcean. Lots of open source projects host with DigitalOcean. It's a great service. And now with $100 credit, man, if I was getting into this stuff with something like that by just listening to a podcast, <laughs> oh, man, that would blow my mind. DigitalOcean, go to do.co slash coder. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Boy, that is a great deal. All right, Mike. <clears throat> I had to get that out there because that's phenomenal. Uh, but uh, we continue on now into uh, Mike's thoughts after traveling to New York, visiting Uncle Tim and coming back. Okay, so I'm on the airplane going down to New York, <laughs> yeah. or up to New York, rather. Sure. And in Newark is really uh, Newark in this case because that's where I landed. So Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Now, I have two machines on me because, you know, every good cowboy has two guns. Jeez, dude. My 15-inch MacBook Pro and my 13-inch Galago in, in the same bag? So it's like a 35-pound bag you're lugging around? Let me tell you, the TSA loved it. You're quite happy so because it's not just the laptops and you that means you've got the power adapters you probably got a mouse yeah, in there I got lots of stuff on my back look like, sir open your back why are you doing right. this to yourself that's crazy that's crazy i'm a little you know what? i'm a little lonely and the extra attention at TSA oh is my not gosh crazy. man that is bad i've so, been there that's why i know because i did that for many years yeah, too they don't if you so fun fact if you have enough cables in your bag <laughs> They sort of think you're carrying a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and you basically guarantee them opening your bag and stopping Jeez. you, right? Like, So I had both laptops. And now the 15-inch MacBook Pro has a problem in that I can't open it on the airplane because I'm fat, basically. Oh, there's like no clearance. Like I literally can't open it, right? Like if – right, I – like, I'm on Southwest, so if you've flown Southwest, you know how the tray table to the seat, whatever, you, you, you just can't do it. Um, you're not, ta- so you're not just, taking, like, the Paul Manafort seating section? What is the Paul Manafort? First oh, class. No. So Southwest doesn't have first class. Either. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big flyer, but I've, never, I've only flown first class <laughs> once, and it is a lot more room. So you and listeners know I fly all the time, right? I'm... I, I, yeah, I'm Southwest's best customer, I think. I opened my Galago Pro because it's 13 inches rather than 15, and it, it works. But that damn fan got me again. No, it's back. The two next to me, who I am like 99% sure was the air marshal, who, if you're outside <laughs> of the United States, oh is my an God. undercover cop who's got to tease you. Yeah. Right. He's going to like put a bullet in the back of your head if he thinks you're upset. What's wrong with your computer, sir? Nothing. No. Why is it making that? So I closed that right up. Yeah, I guess it's not working today. That is so, so awkward. And, and this is the choice I had basically all week. Oh, I have my a gosh. Pro that overheats and is too big. I have a Galago that does not overheat, but sounds like I'm committing an act of domestic terrorism. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, this is the worst. But, but think about the places I was. Airports, airplanes, Penn Station. Like, I'm almost having an anxiety attack just thinking about like this 35, 45 pound. Oh, my God. If you haven't been to Penn Station in a while, they are paying attention now. 
a laptop that sounds like it's about to take off is a good way to draw a lot of negative attention. So you had to have the MacBook for Xcode and application signing, right? And then- no, not really. Not, so not this time. I am trying to – because, you know, what, I would love to be on 100% Linux workflow. But I recently decided that it wasn't possible. And I said, let yeah. me go a week without a Mac. Yeah. But I'm going to bring it with me in case. Wait, wait, wait. The- you just – wait, hold on. What the hell? You go, you're waffling again? Like you just decided, no, I just got to run the Mac for a while because oh, of these I, requirements. I, so will it let me go without the Mac for a week? Or this is like one so, more fling, one more fling before you settle in? Okay. Well, if you want to put it that way, I'm freaking Don Juan over here. I'm just you – know, <laughs> I mean what are you doing to yourself? Why, why are – like, oh my gosh. Here, here is the problem. I know in my little black heart that I need a desktop. Yes. That desktop can't be an iMac Pro. I mean, what it would hurt? It would be psychologically damaging. I agree, actually. That I do completely understand that. I can never upgrade it, and yep. and really, that's it's it's my just it's a, it's a line too far. That's why that's why I was gutted when I had to buy the MacBook Pro Touch Bar um, when my when the speakers went out on my 2013, which I've been able to get right. fixed now. I took it in and they fixed it, uh, but at the time it was they they said no. Um, but uh, I was gutted because I, I, I just – I couldn't – that was too much of a compromise. It's too thin, uh, 16 gigs of RAM. It, I was morally opposed to a machine that was that limited because I know they can do better. Right. And, and I know because I was there that uh, – not that I'm like super religious to any one vendor, but like System76 has a tower coming out in 2018 that is – something i would want but what are you doing to yourself here if you've got to have xcode and you've got to cryptographically sign these binaries like what are you doing to yourself have you never met a masochist (sighs) i mean like if i was going to put on my marco hat here you just buy the imac pro bite the bullet and not have any of these frustrations anymore take a tablet on the plane right the marco hat is mike i can solve all your problems it's eight thousand dollars yeah you buy the e mid-tier iMac Pro, yeah. which is like seven, and you spend another grant on a MacBook, the 12-inch little one for, for oh, travel. Oh, yeah, okay. Or uh, or just an iPad you, Pro. Right. And then you remote desktop into the iMac Pro when you're traveling, right? Like that, that is an answer to this problem. The problem with that is the iMac Pro can never be upgraded, and it's a 27-inch all-in-one. Yeah, it's so ever. overkill. It's so overkill. Oh. That like, what do you care if it can't be upgraded? It's ridiculous. Here's what I care. Okay, here's what I care about. What if there's a dead pixel? Because I'm an OCD bastard about this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that happens. I, you learn. You just le- you learn to live with it. And uh, I had a I had an old iMac no, that we got off of. No, 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 no. You don't. No, you drag that fucker to the Apple Store. Yeah. And then when they tell you it's not big enough to replace, you yell and scream and curse at them until they do it. Well, that is a proper Apple customer thing to do i just put up with it <laughs> um it never i just uh i i mean i know that's a lot of what ifs but i can tell you lugging around and i'm i'm 35 pounds i'm probably being generous here so i'm just saying like i know that that's a real thing carrying two laptops on a plane and one of them has a crazy fan and one of them overheats constantly that is real you could get a macbook one just with the one stupid usb port for your travel needs and have an imac pro at home and at like an eight thousand dollar mac pro and never worry about this again Okay, but that's way too mature. <laughs> I mean, I do understand from like a moral standpoint and also the fact that you want to get the whole workflow on Linux because that's a platform that is less drug around so you can well, 
So, so there, there's another I get all that. point in that buying an iMac Pro for me or a Mac Pro is a one-time capital expenditure, right? That I can't really amortize at all. Yeah. Because I'd have to pay for it in cash because yeah. Apple would never finance it. So, And if you were really going to try to pay for that with like a client gig or something, that would just eat all of your profit. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, that was absorb all the – probably the profit and then some, right? Yeah. It would be a loss. Yeah. And I'm, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but what is your situation right now? It's almost unworkable. I would say it's a little uh, slapdash. Yes, Ooh. I mean, so maybe the I mean maybe the Galgo Pro fan thing can be fixed yet. Maybe there's something they can do know. for that. I mean, I think the problem is I run too many VMs and I need a tower. I think that's yeah. actually the yeah, like that is actually the thing. And I'm trying to shoehorn this into a laptop. Yeah, you know what's crazy is for like. For like nine hundred, maybe just say twelve hundred dollars, you could have a totally top of the line custom built PC tower. Like I've got, um, I've got a six core i seven upstairs um, with a GTX like ten fifty or sixty. I don't even know. Uh, and uh, it's got you know MVNE drives and a couple SSDs and a couple of big hard drives in it for larger storage. And the thing just it just just screams. You know, I have it installed with KDE Neon, and uh, it's. You just these bigger desktops, just like you can throw everything at them. I mean, hell, like this 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 live streams being done on a desktop that uh, is we're we're encoding video streams. I'm live capturing the chat room. I'm overlaying a transparent graphic. I also have video looping in the background that I just isn't, aren't exposing, but I have it looping in case I want to turn it on. So that way, like with a single with a single like button, I can have looped video in our in there if I need to in case something happens. Uh, all of that's happening while I'm also re-encoding all of that and sending it up to Scale Engine, and I'm encoding an X264 high-resolution, high-bitrate version to a hard drive array that's a software array, and my CPU load right now is 4.1%. And I, could, and I, all, I didn't even tell you everything else I have going on. I also have software mixing soft for, to control our board and watch all of our levels. I've got Firefox running in the background with two tabs open. I've got VLC currently playing video uh, of reruns, so I could switch over to reruns if I need to. And uh, I have Gpotter running, refreshing feeds and downloading them automatically. Uh, and I also have an active capture of that VLC window while we're doing the show in case I need to switch to it. That's all also happening on the computer. While it's also running Dropbox and remote desktop software and the Gnome Shell. Oh, I gave up on Dropbox a long time ago. That's but, a luxury. But you see what I'm saying? Afford. Like you, yeah, no, I get it, you right? can't do like, any. Yeah. You couldn't do half that on a laptop. No, I can't. Right? I had to give up on Dropbox. And I'm like, talking four percent CPU. Yeah. So I mean, okay, there is an argument that if I just went to like Windows, right, and I spent five thousand dollars and bought two top of line Windows towers, I would have a Windows tower at work and a Windows tower at home. <laughs> And I could just like use the Galago Pro as my travel laptop. And then you'd be right? on Windows. That, yeah. But just run it on Linux. It doesn't matter. Because we're, you know, the, like what even the MacBook Pro could theoretically be hooked up to like a signing station and be like a ghetto server. You'd, yeah, throw a team viewer on it or something. And... Right. Like, so why not, why not go get a couple of Dells? I haven't thought. Well, or that Dell all in one that I reviewed uh, like early la- late last year or whatever it was. So I'm a little religiously opposed to all-in-ones yeah, because okay. I had so many problems with the 27 You know, but that back Pro. comes off that thing and the stuff's removable. So that might be different. I mean, my issue with the iMac Pro was I had screen issues and that meant I had to lug a 27-inch all-in-one yeah. to the app. Yeah, that was yeah. like... Ugh. I mean, a tower is just so great. And then just get a... Then, then you can get nice monitors and those nice monitors last you multiple machines. 
Right. Like I want to say, I tried this, right? I bought that Dell Tower and they advertised that it's compatible with Yeah, Linux, you did. And that didn't work out. No. Gosh. And to buy the Linux edition of it was another $400, right? So this is the problem. For some, I'm going to bash on Dell. Dell, I'm sorry. I don't know why the sales are not good for the Linux version of their computers. No, they are decent. Like they, they are. The, the laptop, the XPSs. Oh, right. Only if you want the 13-inch laptop. But if you want, like, a Optiplex with, you know, an AMD card and or even an NVIDIA card. Oh, and, I can like, tell you I7, why. I can tell you why. They're people s- buy those. And, no, they right. sell them to businesses. And then IT part departments take them and they load them and they configure them and they deploy them for users. And so if they have some funky AMD card in them or something that maybe doesn't have a standard open source driver for it, they know how to load the right driver or whatever. It's like whatever the situation is. So it's I don't think it's, it has to be quite as refined as a consumer as the XPS line, which is the XPS 13 is more consumer facing. And this is why I, I keep like hoping System76 does what I want them to do because I just want like a vendor that can sell me two high end desktops and I could be done. And that just can't seem to happen. Yeah, but like I want to do nothing, right? Like I want to plug it right. in, plug it into yes. the DPI yeah. port, totally. Power, mouse, keyboard, get to work. Done. Yep, right. Yeah, I mean that's what they. Yeah, I mean they have some great desktops. They do have the System Seventy Six has desktops. They're terrible. Uh, well, okay. I mean, I think they perform well. Yeah, they're but they look like garbage. I'm so, I, and yeah, you know, I they know I love them and I know they listen. But like, your desktops look like a 15 year old boy's fantasy. I need a desktop that, like, if my wife walked in, she wouldn't think I was having a midlife crisis. Okay, I mean that's fair. Like, Have you? Uh, I bet you haven't even heard of them. Be, uh, but I've visited with them. Uh, they they're they're really serious people, uh, and they do support Linux too. Um, although it's not their primary focus, like System 76, Puget Systems. PugetSystems.com. Not familiar now. No, you're not. But I have been to their factory. I have watched how they build PCs. Uh, they build them in-house here in, Seattle, uh, in the Seattle area. And uh, they do uh, an extensive amount of, like, thermal testing before they ship it to you. They, they have a thermal camera that they, they map these things with. I mean, they're really – they're just a no-nonsense PC builder. And I wish they were better known. I wish they would – honestly, I wish they'd advertise with us because they need to be better known. And I've seen who they advertise with and they don't get the word out there. Uh, like they have this, they ha- they have the the system that you'd probably really like because it's the one I want. The Serenity Professional, the whole so they have different lines, and the Serenity line is all about super high performance tower, but silent. And they have special sound insulation on it. They have filters on the fans, um, and the cases they use are very minimal, but they are very high end workhorse cases. They're the ones I bought for the studio for the PCs that we built. And uh, they're just uh, – they're a newer version of them and they're great cases. And then the, for the Serenity line, they sound insulate them. I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes because um, – so the prices – you know, OK. So here's an example. Uh, for a 6-core, 4.3 gigahertz system with only 16 gigs of RAM but it does have a GTX 1080 – um, it has a 500 gig SSD. It has the great case, all the silencing treatment, which is extensive. I mean, I'd say it's, I, I think the silencing treatment is probably worth $1,000. I mean, it's really extensive. I've seen how they do it. Then they also focus, after all of that silencing treatment, on really good cooling. So it has great cooling. Uh, it comes with Windows 10 Pro, um, and it's $3,200. So it's not super cheap. But it is – and the kind of case that it is, it's like one of those where you could slot one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine additional drives into it if you want. And if you're looking at the video version right here, you'll see they have this special acrylic mounted silent fan that's 
pointed directly at the GPU. This is based on some of the thermal testing they've done. And then up in here, they have special thermal dampening. They have up here acrylic channeling to channel air. I mean, these guys are really serious about how they custom build their PCs. And uh, they they also have cheaper systems. But if I was going to buy a professional workstation, the Serenity Pro, whoo. Now, you don't have to get it with Windows 10 either. Um, you can get it uh, You can get it without Windows 10 if you want, or you can ask them to have one that they will custom support with Linux. Um, they do all that stuff. So, yeah. Or you can just custom build a system completely through their, like, online thingy, and then um, they'll ship it to you. They have a whole bunch of different... Or, or, we trick two stupid Gungans into starting a war and giving us emergency powers. You got you to fix this, though. I mean, this is getting... No, this, this is, you know, to be honest, I thought I was going to have to drive to Bridgewater, New Jersey to replace my Mac this trip. This is a problem that, like, I'm going to change parties and become a Democrat for a minute. I'm going to spend my way out of like, I, I, I just have to buy... Like, it, it has to stop, right? This is, like... Enough is enough. Yeah, I'm, but, ha- I'm having I'm having the feels for you. So all right, like, well, if you are a a workstation vendor and you would like to sell me a Linux machine that can dual boot Windows, but like, let me tell you, my tolerance is I'm changing the desktop background because you guys have no taste, and I am installing my toolchain. I am doing nothing, not a fucking thing. And if your extension's a GNOME crash, I'm returning it. Whether it whether it's your fault, Sanjeev from Dell or not, I don't give a fuck. If corporate <laughs> crashes, you're on the yeah. hook. There you go. You really you really gotta you gotta give some thought to get to just getting. Uh, I know just just you need to go out, take a trip out into the Florida woods, find some Florida mushrooms, and trip on the idea of buying a tricked out Mac Pro on eBay. Just consider it. Because you'll, you can get it for – you'll get something under $1,000 that will blow your mind the kind of performance you get. Thank you, John Syracuse. I know. Well, I'm, I, I know. <laughs> but I'm not saying – I'm just – it really – I mean I can't believe how much work I'm like, getting out of this thing. I just, I just want to say – like, all right, this episode went off the rails. But I'm just going to – let's just wrap it up with this. Well, I, hold on. I got I got I want to tell you about I, something I got. I got something before no, we oh, go. I got to tell you about oh, – God. I got, what, what, what new Apple garbage did you No, buy? no, no, no. It's really legit. It's super, super, super cool. It's, it's a HomePod. Huh? No, no, I'm not talking about the HomePod. You can't. <laughs> HomePod's like, boy, it's it is it is it is safer to call yourself alt right on the internet these days than it is to say you like the HomePod. If you say you like it the really HomePod, yeah. yeah, you get. Yeah. No, I got. Uh, what, what no, I got something got? so much more legit. I'm gonna tell you first about Linux Academy. You're gonna love this hardware. Well, go go to Linux Academy. You'll love Linux Academy too. LinuxAcademy.com/coder. Sign up for a free seven day trial and learn more about Linux and all the tools around Linux and all the software layers around Linux that can make you more money, look great on your resume, help you take the next steps in your career. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Go there to support the show and sign up for a free seven-day trial. It's a platform to learn more about Linux, hands-on scenario-based labs, full-time human instructors ready to help, a course scheduler to stick to your busy day or week or life, and, of course, practice exams and learning paths to help you prepare for the big certific- the big certification tests. I should just practice on saying that word more. Certification test. There you go. Uh, and also, the thing that is sort of like a secret weapon when you're coming from one of our shows is they have a community that is full of Jupiter Broadcasting members because they've been on our shows for a while now. So it's really stacked over there. They have study tools and lesson audio that you can take with you and listen to or listen and read and take notes or all that stuff totally offline. And then if you're traveling, say, on the booths or in the tubes, uh, they have iOS and Android apps. If you're a passenger or you're killing some time when you're in the store – 
waiting for your lady to try something out. You know what I'm saying. Ladies, you know what I'm saying. They have iOS and Android apps. You can use those to take your quizzes. Try out a nugget. What's what? No, not a chicken nugget. The, the learning nuggets. You know, like five to ten minute courses just deep dive into a single topic. It's awesome. Yeah, they got those too. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. All right, so I talked to these people, like I think back in 2014 when they were working on a prototype board. Um, and it's called Keyboardio, Mike, and it's so freaking cool. I figured, okay, well, how hard could this be? And then we built the best keyboard we possibly could. So it's in wood. It's not what you'd expect from a keyboard, but people love it. Heirloom quality wood, because they've done like 15 iterations on this wood. And uh, it has an Arduino inside of it that is completely programmable. They ship it with the source code and an SDK and a screwdriver. It's split. It's like an ergonomic keyboard taken to the next level. Um, and it's split in a really cool way. You can isolate two different sides off or bring it together or put it up on a tripod. Um, it has a slightly different keyboard layout that's more efficient than the standard QWERTY layout, but it's basically QWERTY. And uh, it has, um, it has, it's a completely mechanical keyboard, really, really well done wood maple finish. And then you can program all of the LED light actions with the uh, SDK and source code that they ship with it. You connect it up over USB and start basically programming the Arduino inside of it. And um, it's, of course, a mechanical keyboard with really nice keys. It's so cool. I wish I could... I wish I could show it. I have it up on the video stream right now. It is the neatest thing. I, 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 didn't, I, wasn't expect, I wasn't expecting it when it came. So it showed up as a total surprise. See, I have – oh, my, my camera is all blurry. But I'm opening up the box right now. And it, and it, it comes in individual keyboard pieces, which is – there's the – oh, yeah. Oh, that's the, that's the keyboard goodness right there, Mike. Ah! So when I get back from scale, I'm going to be... I'm a little uh, turned on right now, yes. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. When I get back from scale, I'm going to be messing with this thing. It kind of looks like a butterfly wing. That's what I'd say the keyboards kind of look like, which matches their logo. Logo. So yeah, I have a fully programmable keyboard that has an Arduino inside of it that is in handcrafted wood. It's in like this really well done... Like you would pay a high... I, this was a, a fundraiser, a Kickstarter that I backed ages ago after I did an interview with them. And the Model 01 has finally shipped, and I'm really excited about it. So I might tell you more about it because I've been – this is they, – they also shipped it with a laminated uh, cheat sheet on how to use the more efficient keyboard. But I've been having more RSI issues this week because I've been doing a lot of editing recently. And so hoping something like this really makes a difference. Keyboardio, Mike. You ever seen something like that? That's the coolest keyboard. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to install no. it here in the studio. That's pretty sexy, actually. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm impressed. It's it's a much higher caliber than your normal purchase. Yeah, I, I thank you. I, I thought I thought you'd be impressed with my geekiness. They, the I you know after I talked to the couple behind this project, they I could they were really passionate about the feel of the keys, and um, they like it's like it's they really nerded out about the wood finish and all of that, and then the fact that it ships with source code and a screwdriver. Um, kind of made it felt perfect. So I'm going to do a little deep dive on that at some point. But, Mr. Dominic, is there anything else we want to cover this week? I don't know what the hell happened. I'm going to save the no, stuff I in the dock. we're good. We're I'll, well off track. That's yeah. normal. We're going to be uh, – I'll be on the road next week. I'll be at scale. So if you're down in Pasadena, California, come say hi. I'll be recording from the road. So if things are weird or something like that, blame me. Uh, but uh, – so we have more coming. So check the calendar, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Why don't you point people somewhere, Mike? Tell them where to go get more of you or whatever you want to tease or plug or whatever the hell. 
You know what? I've done a lot of bad things up north. Just go to St. Jude Children's Hospital and donate a dollar. That's probably a good idea. I I have to repent for burping into the microphone. I was just trying to set you up, but I apologize. True. So I'd say, because I did that, hmm, where can we send people? i tell you what. Go to bsdnow.tv. <laughs> go, go to bsdnow.tv. I watch them. Go anywhere but to bsdnow. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Check our calendar at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for live times. And go subscribe to the show so you just get it whenever we do it after the fact. And you don't got to worry about it if we do it on a Friday or something weird like that. And last but not least, you can hang out on our subreddit. Go to radio.reddit.com. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next week.